Gracious God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Today is one of my favorites in church, and not because church is so short, uh, but because you get to bring your dogs. My dog just came in, and you might hear him barking in back by the end of the sermon. I've loved St. Francis Day since I was a little kid for the same reason. I love bringing my animals to church. It just makes sense to me that animals are given a blessing. We say a sacrament in the Episcopal Church, we say a sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. Today we bless animals who have blessed us. Today we remember our animal companions and we give thanks for the measure of gentleness, of compassion, for the measure of love they bring to our lives. Today we remember a saint who didn't start out so saintly. St. Francis, before he was a saint, was a rich young man. He was taken with the roguery of his day. He chased women, he chased glory in the Crusades. Francis was known as a bit of a lush. But Francis had a moment of conversion. He began to see, to really see his neighbors who were poor, his neighbors living with the disease of leprosy. And there, among his suffering siblings, Francis heard God's invitation to a life that would be richer, more integrated, more whole. The young Francis famously took off his fancy silk clothes in the middle of the town square. He handed those fancy clothes to his father and walked off to start a new way of life. Truthfully, very few followers of Jesus have ever really taken Jesus so literally. When I hear people say that they are biblical literalists, I wonder. Francis is one of the only people I can point to who could truly claim the title literalist. Francis left behind all his wealth. He started by rebuilding a little neglected church, and he started inviting in lepers, the hungry, and those who were left behind in society. Francis understood something. When you look around at the world, when you stand side by side with the suffering, you don't look down. When you look at the world not asking, how can I be recognized, but instead, how can I be gentle? When you look at the world that way, you are looking at the world upside down. You see the world from a totally different perspective. Francis did not pity the poor. He stood with them. The great 20th century Jewish philosopher Hannah Arendt escaped Hitler to teach at the University of California, Berkeley. She famously questioned the value of pity. She questioned pity, she questioned sympathy, because this inner drive preserves inequality. Pity enforces a power dynamic. If I pity you, I'm in a position of power. I'm looking down. Pity, according to Arendt, is problematic. Francis turned pity on its head. Like John says of Jesus' incarnation, Francis chose to dwell with God's beloved poor. Francis took the path of downward mobility. The Franciscan way is not a way of pity, but of solidarity with all God's creation. Francis had this odd habit. 
You use the terms sister and brother for unlikely characters. Famously, he sang of Brother Sun and Sister Moon, the reason for their prominent position in the St. Francis window here to my right. Francis spoke of crickets, larks, wolves, and flowers as siblings. Francis did not pity God's lesser creatures. Francis saw them as equals. He understood creation as one big family. For Francis, pity was not enough. The avoidance of pity might seem like a minor nuance. God deals in nuance. What may seem like a minor adjustment in our perspective can have radical consequences for our souls and for our world. After a week like this week, I'm grateful to celebrate St. Francis, and I need to make a comment. I'm not going to get into many of the details of the difficult story, but I want to notice one nuance. This week we heard a great deal of pity from both sides of the political aisle for Dr. Blasey Ford. Elected leaders from both parties articulated sorrow. They said, I'm so sorry this happened to you. There's a danger in this kind of pronouncement. When such an expression comes from a place of pity, of sympathy, it can create a distance. I, the pitier, am in a place to look down on you with sadness for the terrible thing that happened to you. It stays separate from me. In a case like the, world, the one our world faced this week, pity is not enough. I'm mindful that I stand in a church as I say these words. Too often the church has reacted to questions of sexual assault, of sexual abuse, by saying too little. It's such a pity. Those words don't go far enough. As Christians, we say we are one body in Christ. We are one body in the church across time and distance. We are one body. We must face and own. The body of believers has committed terrible sin. The body of believers has abused sacred trust. There are those who will never again walk into a church for fear of being re-traumatized. We must own what has happened in our body. When we hide or cover up, when we deny that we have any culpability in the church, we further a toxic dynamic of power. When we face the survivors of abuse with only pity, we can fool ourselves into believing that abuse is your problem, not mine. Trauma is your problem, not mine. We can fool ourselves. But if we're honest, if we're willing to do the hard work of listening, of believing, we might discover a deeper meaning of the church's body theology. The choice will cost us. But we can choose to see ourselves as a body that has survived abuse together. The trauma is not only yours, it is ours. We can be a body that stands together. We are one body, and together as a body, we can survive. What does Jesus mean when he tells his followers, my yoke is easy and my burden is light? I'm convinced that part of his reassurance comes from hope and trust that his followers do not carry their burdens alone. We carry them together. We carry our stories. We can carry our trauma. We can carry our work together. We can, we will survive together. We can stand together. The way of Jesus is an invitation to share life's joy, 
and also to share life's difficulty, to share life's pain, an invitation to come out of hiding and stand together, to know together we are a body that has survived. Pity doesn't take us far enough. God invites us to compassion. Compassion means literally to suffer with. Compassion isn't easy work. Compassion does not leave dynamics of power in place. Compassion engages us in questions about the ways we have benefited from the power dynamics at play. Compassion causes us to see our self-interest in undoing the systems of abuse that have caused suffering. The suffering we have shared. The indigenous activist Lilla Watson says, If you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. If you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. Nuance is everything. Francis of Assisi lived this way, this way of compassion, this way of suffering with God's creation, this way of liberation that is bound up together. Francis stood with the forgotten, the poor, the outcast. Francis practiced Jesus' way of sharing the burden and lightening the load. He knew pity was not enough. Charity wasn't enough. I think Francis would have been glad to share his day with our beloved pets. If he lived today and drove a car, I bet Francis would have had that bumper sticker from the Humane Society with paw prints and the words, Who Saved Whom? <laughs> Francis questioned the dynamics of power, and he did it playfully. He would have wanted the world to understand that our animals can teach us a way greater than pity. Allowing the creatures of our world that our world sometimes counts as less allowing them to be our teachers, to care for us, to love us, to lift our spirits, it can bring us a long way. The way of St. Francis is a way of gentleness, a way of sharing. Francis has been called the first Christian. He's also been called the last Christian and the only real Christian. However you read him, Francis took Christ's invitation extremely seriously. He chose a way that cost him, a way that asked him to suffer, to suffer with those who were in pain, with those who had been abused. I believe Francis' way, Jesus' way, it can liberate us, can free us from the systems of power that can continue to corrupt our world. Pity doesn't take us far enough. We are invited to open our eyes, to get down off our high horses, we are invited to stand alongside our sisters, our brothers, our siblings. We are invited to solidarity with all God's creation. We can survive together. We can share the load. God is in the business always of remaking creation. We are invited to share this work together. Happy St. Francis Day. Amen.